185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are back and talking hardcore, helping out. You know him. You love him. It is the best dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? Capital Radio. <laughs> I love it. Also helping out uh, to kick off this first segment, it is Graham from High Viz. What's up, Graham? What's happening? You all right? Dude, so good. good. And I'm so stoked on your the first step of your world domination. It's got to feel good, huh? It was, it, yeah, it's fucked. It was like the most maddest, overwhelming experience. It's been boss. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Like you land, you play Brooklyn, St. Vitus is the first show. What's the vibe? What are you thinking when you get into the States? Well, I don't, mate, I, I had no idea what to expect really. I like that show was sold out when I didn't, you know, I didn't really know much about it. I, I don't know. Like I always like set my, expectations as low as possible so i'm never disappointed but fucking hell like the show was so rammed and the most rowdy like mad group of people the show, it was like it was it was sick like yeah just to- like totally blew me away um i don't really know what the fuck to say about it really i was like i'm still sort of recovering now do you know what i mean i haven't had a time i had any time to just really reflect on it all because it was just like bam 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 every day and we didn't have a bad show. Do you know what I mean? Every single show was just fucking mad. Yeah, you come in, you play that first show that you know is sold out. Then you go up to Boston, and it's like the whole thing over again, right? How does that feel? It's like, god damn, what's happening here? Yeah, I, well, it's it, in in my mind, like you know, the 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 memory of just doing this thing to fucking no one is so fresh in my mind. Like, so. Part, there's a part of me just just expects like oh well it's probably just gonna be dead everyone just might just stand there and like nod their heads the whole the, the whole time it's just been like playing hardcore shows but yeah like, it's been amazing yeah yeah so do you think like um you because when you and I have spoken in the past you've been like oh well don't know what to expect but to come here and just see that so many people have dived into the record. So many people are excited to see you. And every single footage that was posted, not even just by you lot, but by like friends of ours that were at all these shows, there was a massive wall of people up front singing along every single night, like all the words. Yeah. Like, I did. How? No, you, nobody, you know, you know what I mean? You don't know this because from anyone, it's, it's our first experience of it. Really. We haven't really been like, do you know, we've done little tours. We haven't, we've just done that Euro tour, which was the biggest thing we've done. And that was, that. I mean, that's a similar thing. Every show was fucking mad, you know, but that's that's Europe. So you kind of like, 
you, you sort I don't know, you know, you, it's a bit closer to home and you sort of like, you, you, you know that it might have reached there or whatever. But to come all the way over here and like, you know, it, it, people have got, you know what I mean? Like the take, people have got good taste and like, <laughs> you know, like to, I, I'm, I'm always skeptical. Like, what the fuck? Like, will he like it? Whatever. And, but, but people were so on it. It's been, and like having some of the maddest conversations with people about like, about their relationship to songs that are like really, you know, really personal to me or whatever. And it's kind of like translating into other people's experiences. It's been, yeah, it's been sick. Well, it's been, it's been insane. Like ever since we've been like, you know, discussing high viz on a regular um, occurrence and talking about what the songs are about and what they mean to us, like as us reviewing it. Yeah. So many people have reached out like, same thing like how how much those songs have meant to him and also you know lots of people like reaching out about um you know being turned on to you and then like a follow-up reach out like two months later like i don't listen to anything else right now (laughs) so it's it's really like i don't know it's amazing to see for from from our vantage point the only thing that we're pissed off about is that there's no west coast yet there's no west coast yet we were also like We've, got, I mean, we've got fucking. I look before this tour. I was shitting myself about our visas getting denied. Like, I've, I've I haven't been able to like look forward to this whole thing because I was like, we left it right up to the end. You know what I mean? And then the visas haven't come in with like two weeks to go, and I was like, oh fuck, like, mate, you know, maybe I should have said this, maybe whatever. And they came in, and I was just like, oh fuck, all right, amazing. Now I'm now I can sort of after after getting this tour out of the way, I'm like, I can. I've, I've got, I'm just excited. You know what I mean? For like, for, for the West coast dates when we, yeah. when we put them out there, when it gets all gets fucking sorted. Cause I mean, people are sticking it on us to get them done. And obviously the fucking one who. <laughs> yeah. Graham, I remember when Dan sent me no sense, no feeling. And I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, it's like such a special record. And you always worry like when you get a record that like, because records seem like they either hit you right away or they grow on you. Right. Yeah. And so it's very rare that you get one that's like right away. It like blows you away and then you never get sick of it. And it's like almost like the palate cleanser that you keep going back to, you know, you like listen to new stuff, listen to new stuff. It's like, I got to go back to that. Oh, mate. And I so <laughs> I was worried, I was worried about blending coming out, you know, cause it's like, okay, LP, like they do this like perfect EP, you know? Yeah. And it's like, what's this going to be? And you just level up and it's like universally loved. I haven't heard anyone say like a bad thing about it. Yeah. Like how does the reaction feel? You know, it's like, it, it's, it's fucking nice. Cause I guess like we've, we just sort of did what we wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, I think that's why it sort of works. It's, it's, it's a very like, we just put up like everything into it. Do you know what I mean? Like no, sense, no feeling. We were all in a space that was like pretty scatty and like, and and that kind of came through in the records, you know what I mean? It sounds fucking pained and difficult. And then, then like, obviously through like changes in our own lives or whatever, we just did what we were feeling and going through for blending. I know it sounds kind of corny or whatever. I, I like, I'm not really one to talk, you know what I mean? To talk about, <laughs> like talk about our stuff or whatever with importance. Cause it's just the thing that you do, you know? And it's not really in our nature, I think, but like, yeah, it feels nice because it is just like it was like an honest thing, you know what I mean? And like kind of being vulnerable 
about stuff and doing something a bit different was, I don't know, it feels good. It feels like a, feels like a process for us all, you know? Well, it's absolutely like mattering to people. And the thing is like, I know people don't ever want to talk about their stuff and say, um, you know, big themselves up or whatever, because especially English people, because it's not a, yeah, it's just not a, not a thing English to do. <laughs> but, but on the other hand, like you wouldn't spend all this time doing it if it didn't mean the world, you know? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It means like, it's just scary putting it out there to other people in it. That's the thing with, like with, I've had some like mad conversations on this tour with people and it's like, it, it just feels really heavy. Cause you're like, I was speaking to Marina about this, just like how, you know, you, you do, you put the, you write these songs or whatever, which are like kind of, you know, lack of a better word, cathartic for you. And you, you're trying to make sense of stuff or deal with it or, you know, just do something with however you feel. And then people are coming to us and talking about them and talking about their relationships and stuff. And especially, you know, really fucking horrible, traumatic, difficult things in their life that they're like, Oh, that song, like I, I really, I have people saying, Oh, fucking I broke down in, in a rare supermarket over it. And I'm like, mate, and I, I, there's like, I, I felt like a lot of weight from that, but I guess you just, you know, when you do a thing and put it out to the world, you've got to kind of let go of it and then people can interpret it or take on what they want from it. Yeah. You can't fake sincerity. Right. And that's kind of what bleeds through. Like you really put yourself out there on these songs and like you, you can't fake it. I yeah. think that like, you know, at the end of the day, like this is still hardcore. Like it's, it's surging through it. Right. There's that spirit there. Yeah. So there is like a vulnerability that you're putting out and you can't fake that. You can tell when bands are faking it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like part of the reason why this is so universally loved. Dan, you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there's a reason that everybody is latched onto trauma bonds, especially over the last few years, right? Everyone's yeah. been going through so much shit, right? And the opening line gives that wink of like, I'm a fucking, you know, for lack of a better term, like I'm a fucking lad, but I'm dealing with this shit, right? Yeah. You know, mentioning the Gore-Tex and everything. It, it like, it lets everyone in and it lets them into your vulnerability. So of course everyone wants to share that because you've come across so vulnerable. So it, it, it allows people to tap in and want to share their stories of pain and how you've helped them through because the song is actually showing them the way that you're approachable like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thanks. That's very nice of you. <laughs> I, just, I find it I, like, I'm still sort of making sense of all this stuff, you know, like I feel like sometimes I got, I, I flit this tour, this tour has been mad because I haven't toured for so long and I'm like, and I'm also doing it because I'm like, you know, trying to be sober now. Like it's, it's a lot to deal with. <laughs> like I kind of have these like really personal moments with people and like, I, I then finish and leave and then I just have to like, I just stuck in my own head again. And it's like fucking difficult. <laughs> Dude, I feel you. I'm nine months right now. Oh, so well done, respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the, it's funny sometimes like as a follower of hardcore, right? Like you, you, you kind of connect with bands and you root for them, you know? And, and we loved tsunami out the gate. And like, I love when they're doing big things. And I, I like when they did like a full us tour, like driving it and doing it for real. Like I was like, 
fuck yeah. Like talk about a band that could do flyouts for the rest of like their their band tenure. Yeah, and like yeah. they didn't do that. They went out and did the hard way. That's so ill. And like you guys too, it's like you're doing this first like flyout. It's like you could play it pretty safe, play the big uh northeast cities, but you go down and you you kind of go down far into the south. Like you do Tennessee, you do Georgia, you do North Carolina. Yeah. What was that like? And what was what was like the thought process behind that? I think we just like I want to do, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to just do the, like, you know, just like, just do one-offs or I want to, like, I do want to tour. Do you know what I mean? I want to play, I want to see everywhere as well. I want like, you know, it's like some of those shows were, every show was sick, like I said. And, but like, you know, some of the drives were crippling, but you need to, you need to do this stuff, don't you? Like this, if, you know, it feels honest and I'm not sure, like, I'm saying you, that you should suffer or something, but it's, you know, I think it's important to just go to everywhere really and try and like, not, not be like, okay, I'm only playing New York, so playing three shows in like New York or Philly or Boston or whatever. I want to, like, I do want to properly tour. I just want to do, I need to do it in small bursts. I can't tour for longer than two weeks. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. It, it can burn you out, but I mean, that goes to just talk about the hardcore backbone of the band. The fact that, there's someone in that North Carolina show or blah, 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 who wants to come up and talk to you about this as well, just as much as someone in a big city. So yeah, I, mean, I think that's it. Like, I I'm from fucking, I'm from a small town. You know, I used to travel, yes, to travel to shows all the time. It was like, I think it's nice to go visit proper towns, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Feels like the right yeah. I mean, I had to look up, I was like, Caraboro. Where, yeah. Where's that? <laughs> oh, it. That was sick as well. We played with them. Um, we played with a band called rapid fire out there. Which was really cool. It like just like a cool like cool local hardcore band. It's sick. Yeah, dude. Shout out to all the kids in Caraboro. And I'm sorry, you can smack me for uh, pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> but uh yeah, Dan, you got anything else for Graham? Yeah, what um did did you lot take any taxi cabs in New York and how did Ski uh deal oh, with that? Ski wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be beefing him telling him which way to go. <laughs> yeah, probably um yeah we're we're really excited for whenever these um west coast dates are announced and and you know we'll be as a, a as many as we possibly can and Sick. you know and just uh you gotta remember the old 185 crew uh when oh. you this time in two years when you're like mate it's all your fault you're, you're you're the ones who fucking you're the ones who are like putting it out there in the first you're first like First American supporters, bad people were just like, "Yo, I heard about your band for that one eight five. I'm like, sit. And then found out you're from Warrington, and I was like, "All right, all right, actually." <laughs> well, it's all it's all Dan Graham. I can't take credit for that because I'm a total poser. I didn't hear about the band until after <laughs> No Sense No Feeling came out. Those first singles dropped. I did. I didn't hear them. So, uh, no I'm posing up here. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's all down to the People's Prime Minister, Mark Boardman, anyway, really. Mate, uh, the amount That's of people true. I've met, I met so many people on this tour going, Bordy told me to say hello. I'm like, fucking hell, thank God for that, man. Get this man <laughs> in Lanterns. An honorary American hero, Mark <laughs> Boardman. People there. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and respect to Dan for trying to get on that guest list early. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's just a forgiving, uh, foregone conclusion, right? Oh, I mean, <laughs> guess this is always open for you, lot. I always pay at the door. Graham, <laughs> we love your band. 
we're so stoked for you. I, I hope that sky's the limit. So and uh, yeah, appreciate you. All right, the word legend gets thrown around a lot, but right now it's appropriate. Joined by Stickman from Fury 5. What's up, dude? What's up, my man? How's it going? What's going on? All right, so Half Past Revenge just came out. Upstate Records, four new songs, plus a re-recording of Taste of Steel. The record release shows this past Friday, April 21st, New Jersey. Uh, before we get into the record, how was the show, and how was it all received? Wow. Well, I have to tell you, honestly, it, it was pretty amazing, man. You know, um, we played last year, June 11th was the original uh, uh, reunion show, and that was over the top. But uh, this one was definitely different. The vibe, uh, for the simple fact that we played four new songs the first time in like over 20-something years, uh, it was received very well. All the bands were amazing, killed it, absolutely built perfectly. Uh, it was just just incredible night, incredible night. Young kids, you know, I'm talking five, eight, ten years old on the stage, going bananas. It just, uh, you know, we're we're, uh, we're just doing our thing, man. You know, we just a real band. We're we're for the people, the fans, you know. So we just keep it very, very tight knit, and it was awesome, very awesome. In the past ten years or so, you've done some records with re-recorded tracks, but these are the first new Fury of Five songs in over twenty years. How did how did it feel putting them together? Oh my god, uh, you know. And when I say this, I'm speaking for the whole band. This is uh, these are probably the best four songs that we have ever written as a band. Um, we're so, so like stoked on like now putting out more material. We're about to hit the studio again, uh, probably in May recording a song called cold day in hell. Uh, we're dropping a remix for, for uh, feel the rain, which is going to be called. If you know, you know, um, it's just incredible to, to come back. So, later in the game and just putting out like amazing tracks. I, me vocally is the happiest I ever been. Like, I think I recorded these songs with no flaws. I, I listened to it outside myself, like as if I was a fan and, uh, just amazing, you know? So, you know, we just like Jay and I were talking yesterday, you know, it's going to be a slow burn. We've been out of the, the loop for a minute i mean i've been relevant you know i've done musical stuff since we stopped but uh you know people are just now starting to realize that this is for real like fury of five is back and, and we're coming you know you know we raised the bar in new jersey we're trying to rebuild the scene a little bit or repair it i'm not going to say there's no scene but like make it try to make it feel like it used to and and uh you know I'm, I'm, uh, you know, featuring with new up and coming artists in New Jersey and pushing new, uh, new bands in New Jersey. So, you know, we're just doing what we always done, you know, and it just feels good to be back. And the new songs are just going to get better 
you know, these are, this was just a reintroduction, you know, from this time as personal till now, you know? So, you know, we, t- we tried to touch ground on, uh, the essence of Fury of Five from the very beginning up into this time as personal and kind of filter that lingo and style through all the new songs. And now we're about to elevate and, 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 and raise the bar again. Cause that's what we do, you know, like we're totally invested in, 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 into what we're doing in the craft of, of how we bring it. So, you know, it, it's just going to get better from this point. That's just what we do, you know? So, you know, but we're very happy with the new songs. There's to me, they're just amazing, you know, for sure. Like these new songs fully bring the heat, just like the old stuff. Um, were you nervous at all going in? that like you might not be able to capture the same magic and, and when in the process did you realize that you still had it? Uh, well, when we first decided to get back together with the new drummer, Mikey, we, you know, you're, you're unsure of how it's going to escalate and, and grow. But we, our first practice was last year in January and uh, by the third song, we knew it was it. The, it just felt right, you know. Like we just felt it. We go, we're we're a band full of emotion. So like, when you feel something, you know it's 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 for real. And uh, we got to the third song was every man for himself. Everybody in the band at that point knew that it was just going to grow. And then there was no, no qualms about mixed emotions about anything, you know, like I'm very, I'm very, um, strong in my convictions. When I write something, I know exactly how I want to represent it, you know? So like, so we're all like very gifted in that sense. And, 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 and so in tune with our craft that, the confidence is always there. So we, we, when it came to these new songs, we just knew what it was going to be. And the first new song that we did right was War. And uh, and it just, you know, es- escalated and grew from there. And then we were just talking about how we came up with Revenge. Like, it was just on a spur-of-the-moment type vibe. We wanted to... We never wrote a like legit like type of beat down song and we wanted to do that and we just looked at the drummer and say, How would you want to start a beat down song? You know? And then he came up with this beat. I said, Listen, I'll start the song and then you just follow that vibe and that's how the song came. And you know, so we're just as a as as a collective group, we we're we we just gel, you know, uh Mikey Mikey Mayhem, he fits that seat well, you know. So, like, I'm telling you, when we record this next song, we're gonna it's gonna be mind blowing to people what we got coming, you know. So we're 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 very excited, you know. I I'm and these guys can't even keep up to my my lyrical writing, you know. They telling me to slow down, like I got two albums written of of lyrics, so I'm ready to rock at any time, and I might not even use those. I might even write something different when I hear it, when it's written, you know, so I'm full of uh, lyrical concepts constantly. So we're just so excited as a band. It feels really good to be back. Really, really good. 
You guys have really embraced social media with this incarnation of the band, giving fans a pretty big peek behind the curtain. Um, how does it feel to be a band now versus a band in the 1990s? Well, the, well, the, we all know the internet has its uh, its ups and downs, but but for us, we always um, back in the day. Like coming to a practice was like a show. We always invite people to our practice. We're not afraid to show our craft or 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 give advice to bands on how they should approach things. You know, and this is why we put up practice videos. We we want people to to invest with us and 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 feel us. You know what I mean? And they're not going to do that if you're hiding and sitting in a back room or, you know, you know, we, we, we just like to be with the fans and, and, and grow that way organically, you know, and the internet is definitely helping, you know, because there's so many ways that you can promote yourself. And I'm the, I do most of that social media stuff because I've been doing it for a minute. So like, you know, with the reels and, you know, you, your song now is a, you can attach your song to a reels and it goes everywhere. You know what I mean? And and anybody can click on it or view it or whatever. And, and it's getting seen. And that's why I do a lot of reels now because the reels get around, you know, I could post a, uh, a picture advertisement, let's say, and that'll get 300, 400 likes. I do a reels. I'm getting 2000 views. That's a big difference, you know? So the internet is definitely a good thing, but then, you know, you fall into certain al- algorithms and you might not be seen. So, like, it's hard to, like, play that aspect of it well. They're like, hey, I'm still learning and growing with all that, but it, it, it's cool. It, it helps way way better than back in the day when you had to go out to shows and have flyers and hope that, like, you know, the Aquarian or the East Coast Rocker, the, the newspapers here at the time would advertise your band if you weren't playing for a bigger club, you know? So everything was DIY and all that or DIY, whatever, you know? So, but it's definitely, definitely a beneficial in, in, in the two, two, 2023, you know? Yeah. Recently you did a guest spot with Bayway and I seen on the videos like you, uh, you've been doing it live too. Um, I think I seen you on Instagram posting about that band Desmadre, and I seen you repping their gear. How important is it for old heads to put on for younger bands, and likewise for younger kids to show respect to seen veterans? Well, listen, we all know how respect works. You show respect, you get respect. That's just how it works. And I, I'm not. I, I, I've been in the in, in to, to hardcore and metal since the eighties, you know what I mean? So I've heard it all at every riff, everything's regurgitated. The scene is very saturated. So the way I approach things, if the, if a band shows that kind of love to me and necessarily, even if I don't even like the band per se musically, but if though, if they're those guys and they show the right love and respect, I embrace that. And I will help out anybody that's authentic in that aspect, you know, we went out to California for the first time and, and there's Madre, these guys were in the pit singing the songs and, and their dope, a dope ass band. They is the same way. I, 
I went to a show, local show, on my own with a couple of my friends. Uh, my uh, my friend uh, Chris Russo from the uh, band Threat to Society, who played our our our, our original uh, reunion show last year. Uh, he was p- promoting the show. I went out to support. And Bayway was the first band on the bill. And I never heard these guys. And, uh, you know, I pay attention. I'm not like, you know, rock star. I don't act like that. You know, I'm a humble dude down to earth. I'm just like, I just sing in a band. That's how I feel. And I, I checked them out. And I was like, oh, these guys got something here. I, I was feeling the vibe. They, they got that rap metal, heavy beat down, uh, the, you know, the genre of New Jersey, really, you know. And I was like, this is pretty sick. And then I was outside. And the singer saw me, Joe, and he came up to me. He was too big fan. Love you guys. You guys are such a big influence on on us and the way you rep Jersey. We we love you guys, and we just had that connection. And then uh, he asked me to feature, and I said absolutely. You know, and uh, the song is amazing. It's called God, uh, God forgive me, and uh, I actually named the song, and uh, we we had a lyrical concept that was similar and, and the, and the, and the song just vibes, you know? So it's great. You know, I always look, try to look out for New Jersey bands. Like I had my friend Pat Bean from tear gas come, come out and do revenge. Doesn't sleep the, the acapella part of it in the beginning. And then he did it in the second half of the song. And, um, you know, I think it's very important that old heads, show some love to these new bands because the new generations are touching people that might not necessarily listen to Fury of Five or, you know, a Mad Ball or, you know, bands that are not as in the higher tier of like a hate breed or, you know, bands on, on a different level. So I, I would suggest all bands embrace, like I did with Reaching Out, you know, which most of those kids in the band are my friends' kids. And, uh, you know, I did a feature with them as well. And I uh, pretty much pr- produced produced it lyrically and, and the title of the song. And uh, I will always show love to New Jersey bands that show love to me, you know, or Fury if I'm not to me necessarily. But it's a respect thing, you know. But a lot of the, you know, a lot of older bands just think they're owed respect and don't need to show that and, and it's definitely wrong in my opinion you know yeah everyone if you want more stick man he did a couple great interviews on the post america podcast with richie crutch so look that up for sure stick before we get out of here i'm gonna get run out of town if i don't ask for one older story um can you tell the one where you knocked a promoter out of his shoes <laughs> yes sir um we I, it was so funny because the the dude who was one of our great friends was, he flew up in Florida and, and uh, somebody brought that up and he was standing right there. I said, well, this is, this is the motherfucker right here to knock him out of shoe. He was like, who me? <laughs> he was, yeah. So, so a long story short, um, what happened was John Finberg was the biggest promoter at the time doing all every band bod earth crisis you name it he 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 was uh that guy and uh he wanted to work with us 
but we didn't know we had ill intentions. So we went on tour, and when we came back, there was a lot of uh, clubs that we had played leave, left messages and, and contacted us and saying, hey, listen, your booking agent is undermining you guys and telling clubs not to work with you guys that you're unprofessional, you guys are violent, you're this and that, and wasn't the case. And him not knowing that we already had, you know, a relationship with a lot of these promoters in the other states and, and clubs, you know, because we were very professional on that end. Our antics were outside of that. But when it came to professionalism, you know, club and playing shows, we were always business-like. And when we found that out, Earth Crisis was playing the Stone Pony. And uh, we just happened to go there because that's our, our, our stopping grounds. And, you know, we were friends with Carl and, and the guys. And uh, I was actually talking to Carl at the time when I saw John Finberg in the club. I didn't even think he would have the balls to even come to Asbury Park. You know, that's, we run that, you know? And uh, I was like, oh shit, that motherfucker. I said, John Finberg, you're in my house? And that was it. We, at first, we were just taunting him and provoking him and just kind of like, Jay, Jay spit in his face. You know, we 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 didn't want to harm him because he was our booking agent at the moment. So, like, you know, that could be very uh, crucial to our career. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So um, after that, de-escalated. We um, got into like a semi circle. He was there with one of his his guys, and we were three of us or four of us. On, on the opposite end and we were trying to come to some agreement or, or whatever and then my my friend I, I don't want to name him because you know people can still do some stupid shit in this day and age so uh, he he just shut the whole thing down he's like oh, 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 oh hold on let me let me get this let me get this straight he's like this is your booking agent I was like yeah he goes and He's talking shit about your band to other clubs. I said, yeah. And the next thing I know, he legit blasted him and he knocked him out of his shoes, slid him like 10 feet on the floor, out cold. And I was like, oh my God. Did this motherfucker just knock out our fucking agent? And, 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 and listen, it was a shot heard around the world. And so many bands called us and were so happy that that happened because nobody liked the dude, but he ran shit, you know, and he just ran across the wrong dudes, you know, that, that just didn't really give a fuck because we, we never fit in the mold, you know, even now as a band, I can feel like we're getting shunned in certain aspects of this. And, and like my, Jay and I were talking, it's going to be a slow burn to get back, but we can do it because the way we do it and, and it's a different time because of the internet and we all have money. And if you have money, you can't stop anything, to be honest with you. So, but, you know, he got knocked out and that's what it was. <laughs> he tells a different story. I mean, he was on Doc, uh, Doc's uh, podcast from God Forbid 
and told a different story. And then I got mad and I hit up Doc and I said, yo, you can't let him tell that story without us telling our story because that's, that's not even correct. And then Doc had me on his podcast and then I told the real story. That is the real story. The John Finberg story is wrong. You could put me and John Finberg in a room right now and I bet you his story will start ending up like my story because his story is totally fabricated, you know? Everyone, the record Fury of Five Half Past Revenge came out on Upstate Records, available on CD and LP. Stickman, much respect. Thank you for doing this. Yo, thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. What's up, everyone? We are back and talking hardcore. Joining myself and Dan, it is six foot two. What you gonna do? The mighty, mighty posy Chris. What's up, Chris? What's cracking? What is going on? All right, no time to waste this week because the last month was, or the last month or six weeks, whatever, so much good stuff came out. We want to dig into some of our favorite stuff and let's kick it off, dude. Tarina. Evil Eyes EP on Days came out on CD um, in the last month or so. These dudes out of Oxnard have been heavy hitters, you know, for the last couple of years, but now they finally have a recording to match what they've been live. Uh, they went to Taylor Young. They cut the songs down a bit. You know, they really edited their stuff down, and this is great. It's modern mosh music, but it's got enough bounce and roots hardcore in it that I absolutely just love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's moshy, it's bouncy. The riffs are great. Uh, they always kind of just come with like the big major chords, you know, they're never hitting like the panic chords or like the minor chord or any of like the wannabe spooky shit that I hate. Um, this just sounds great. And it's, it's just a handful of songs. It bangs right through. And like, I've been listening to all this music you know, for the last, you know, few weeks on repeat, a lot of it. And a lot of the times I'll listen to things on shuffle initially, you know, I'll put a bunch of albums into a playlist and hit it on shuffle to kind of, uh, acquaint myself with new music. And anytime this comes on, I get stoked. Like it's one that like, I like coming back to it's like right in my lane. Um, so good. And I think one of the best things about it is like, this is a four piece band. Everyone plays instruments. So there's no singer on a mic. One of the guitarists sings. Um, and I think that you can tell by listening to this. And the way you can tell is that like these dudes do such a good job of letting the songs breathe. Right. Because like the singer is a part of playing the music. So like he's styling during the song. Right. He's not like a singer who's an egomaniac that needs to get his like shit on every part of every song, you know, like and I think like that's sick. Like he's able to hang back, let these songs breathe. And like the songs are just sick. It's like in the room, you know, they got to make sick ass songs and then they decide, should we have vocals there or not? You know, I don't know. I just think it works really well. And I can tell it's that way. They just sound like a band that jams and jams and jams and gets super tight. 
I saw him in Nard a few weeks ago uh, at that violation reunion with Drain, Dead Heat, and all that. They absolutely slayed. And uh, yeah, they're coming to the East Coast soon. So check them out. Um, that's what's up. Dan, what did you think about this? Sick. Um, gives me a little biohazardy vibes a bit as well. Especially now that you say that the singer plays an instrument as well. So then it's really doubling down on that in my mind. Um, I really do. I didn't know that, you know, it wasn't a standalone singer. And I I still, that was one of my notes is that sings on the best parts, lets the song develop on other parts. And also the drumming is so good. Like that militaristic beat to start off stand your ground. Is that a, is that an homage to, uh, a famous Oxnard band that came before. I do not know. Um, it's really good. And the guitar tones are really crispy and beefy. Like um, it, everything sounds, and like you said, the recording is fantastic. Um, the vocals are exactly what you would want um, in the mix. Like they are perfectly buried with the music but still standing a little bit on top um if that makes any sense really fantastic i i i dig this a lot and i i love that it's you know five songs so it's it's just that amount that i want like for my short attention span i think it's fantastic yeah dude that riff on slave no more that starting riff oh yeah so good and uh yeah the one knock I would say, if I had to choose a knock, if I had to be, uh, you know, critical Chris or dissecting Dan, <laughs> I, I would just say there's a couple references in here on different songs like that are kind of suicidal, and yeah. I would, you know, that concerns me. You guys are in the best time of your life right now. You're young. You're in shape. You just put out a great CD. Love life, dude, and don't get too wild in that way. Like well, that, focus some of that. Uh, focus some of that anger outward at like the you know, the oppression that's out there in the world, you know, but there's a, there's a good chance that these lyrics are therapeutic to deal with these kind of thoughts. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think glorifying it. And I think, I think that's fantastic. Um, but that being said, trigger is my least favorite song on it. Um, so, but that's more the sound, less the lyrical content. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, strive for positivity, but sometimes you got to just let that negative poison out, you know? Yeah, I'm just saying, if any of this is a cry for help, you guys can get my phone number. Ring me up, you know what I'm saying? Um, and and instead of smacking yourself, like smack dudes that are dishing out the injustices in the world. Um, yeah. And again, that's just a minor knock. I love this thing. Um, and, and you, you know, it's like when they hit those some of those phrases, like it's epic, like I pray for the day I die. Like, okay, dude, sounds sick, you know, but also (laughs) love life. Chris, what do you think about this? I love it. Uh, This record is sick. Um, These guys are super creative songwriters. Um, They do, you know, Zach, I know you said like, I forget the wording that you said, like, but like they, they use a lot of like the, the major chords and the bass, you know, the bass like chords, but there is some some really creative stuff going on. Like the drums, Dan Touch are are, are awesome. Um, the bass player, you maybe you can't make it out 
quite as much on the record, but like he does some interesting stuff like live when you see it, like, like tapping, like finger tapping stuff. Um, but yeah, super, super creative songwriting. Um, sounds amazing. Like Taylor did an awesome job on this as he always does. Um, and this recording totally does them justice. Like they're a band that, um, I've seen maybe like five or so times and I've only seen them in, in Oxnard, I think. So, um, you know, I don't know what the experience is outside of the 805, but like, I don't know. One of my favorite things about hardcore is seeing a, a scene react to like the hometown heroes, you know, and, and see a band get a specific or like a a particular kind of just insane response in their home. And there's something so cool about that. And I got to say like Terena, like maybe is one of my favorite, like hometown bands to watch um, that I've ever seen, you know, like, you know, I think of all the the great bands that I've seen in their towns and, and Terena certainly is, has that regional specialness and it's so sick. And I think, um, you know, Zach touched on that. They're super hardworking band. That's totally true. They play around a lot. They're currently on tour. Um, they've got a bunch of stuff like lined up that's been announced and some that hasn't, I think, but um, <clears throat> I, I just feel like, I don't know. They're they're just firing on all cil- all cylinders right now. I'm really psyched to see kind of like that um that in you know, like that that cult of Terrena spread beyond you know, beyond the eight oh five. Yeah. Oxnard is popping right now. And like part of that's dead heat. They've been on fire for a few years now. And then Terrena is like that undercurrent that is is right there. And it's sick, dude, because like these kids are like what it's all about. You know, like if you look at photos of other bands playing Oxnard, you're going to see these kids like in the pit up front, like they are a part of the scene. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's so sick that uh Nard has another band that's breaking out. I absolutely love it. It's, it's what I love to see more than anything in the world. And uh Yeah. I just, I, I want this band to win and, uh, I love this record. It makes me so stoked. Um, on to some of our other friends, uh, congratulations, Andy diehard years and years in hardcore, his first full length LP. Um, he did full lengths before that were like CD only releases, but, uh, and he has done a 12 inch before, but I think that was two EPs on a 12 inch, but, uh, here is the first full length that comes out on vinyl. The band is ill communication. The album is doomsday brigade. The vinyl came out on safe inside records. Shout out Bert and the tape and the CDs came out on heroes and martyrs. Shout out to Steve martyr. Chris lead us off. Yeah. First off, that's kind of crazy. What you just said that, you know, this is the first 12 inch LP that, you know, full length LP that Andy has done. Cause I just think of all the stuff that he's done over the years through diehard youth with or without you, ill communication. And, um, and that just kind of blows my mind a little bit that this is the first, but that's awesome. And, and congrats. And this is absolutely the best, the best of it, in my opinion. Like this record is awesome. Um, they really stepped it up. Like 
took took all the stuff in the formula from the last record and and added some new things. Sequencing on this is fantastic. Like every song kind of flows into the next so well. Um, there's a ton of guest spots and I want to touch on that for a second. Cause like typically when you have that many like guest vocalists on a record, for some reason it turns me off a little bit. Like there's something about it that I, that I don't like, but f- for some reason I, I feel like it works so well on this record. Like it's almost like, <clears throat> I don't know, like a celebration of, of friendship and like these connecting scenes from, you know, to Hatchapi to Oxnard, you know, Orange County, all the way down to San Diego. Like it's this, this vibe of like friendship and, and, um, these scenes coming together and these bands and these friends coming together as a whole that makes it even more than the sum of the band themselves. And I think that's super cool. Um, it's a lot of great sing-alongs. Um, there's plenty of clever wordplay, which um, I think people that know Andy and like his history will not be surprised by that. Um, but there's also some super, super catchy vocal hooks, um, particularly on some of the choruses and the breakdowns. There's some really cool uh, melodies. Um, and then just like I said this already, but you know, I want to double down. Like there's so many super catchy, like dog pile sing along parts. Um, there's some parts that really kind of give me like a wake the dead era comeback kid vibe at times. Um, and then Neanderthal nation, you know, the always appropriate anti-racism song. And it's a cool reference to Neanderthal convention in a song that has the Southpaw Instagrammer himself on guest vocals. So yeah, I really like this. Um, nice work, uh, Andy and team. Yeah. Chris, you touched right away on the sequencing of this record. And I think that is like the most spectacular thing about this. Like they created a record where all the songs flow together really nicely. It is a, a nice little journey that it takes you on and it's easy to get through the whole thing. And I think that, you know, I feel like every time we talk new records on here, I say that, that's the biggest win in hardcore, right? Like living in the streaming era in the digital era, you know, if you like start a record and like you listen to it the whole way through without like being like, dude, I have to skip this shit. You know what I mean? Like not skipping anything. The first time you listen through it, sick dude, that's like one of, one of the biggest wins you can have um, in hardcore in 2023, in my opinion. Um, and shout out Ill Communication, dude. World War Three. You wrote like a snapcase ass riff that I actually like. So that's sick. Uh the song Well Represented. I love for many reasons. Uh, but I think that's a great song and a, a great ode to Tachapi. Uh and then also always nice to see Dan coming in and getting some shine. But uh I think that Eva stole it like the best uh, guest spot. Her part is super sick and uh came off great. Dan, what's your take on this record? It's uh, fantastic. It's It sounds amazing. Like, props to Roger on this recording. It sounds incredible. Um, what I love, and then it, it, it falls off the stick a little bit occasionally throughout the record, is, well, there's reason... Okay, I'll equate all these guest spots being almost like a hip hop record and there's lots of hip hop references without this sounding um 
hip hop at all. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> so very occasionally, like it might, might step over the line slightly into like, you know, you're smiling instead of like singing along, you know, like with a, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying occasionally it might have got, you know, just a little too much in that, like the um, time to get ill part, which I can imagine live is going to be so spectacular, but like recording wise, I was like, hmm, that, that stood out to me in, in the not good way, but everything else stands out to me in the most fantastic way. Um, some of the songs that, uh, especially the one with, um, is that Vinny from the movie life on it? Yeah. How tuneful and sing along and layered is that song? It's like built in a lab to just stick in your head forever. Um, the well-represented song is incredible. Um, I, I, I love every song on here. It's just the, um, pinnacle of seeing like, you know, we've heard bands from Andy for 20 plus years now, right? In and out over time. And God, he is so good now, (laughs) like so good at, framing like vocal cadences and um clever lyrics and fun and as chris says like just incredible hooks that um get under you you know you just instantly are singing along like by the time the chorus rolls around again or or you just want to go back to that track to dive back into that very catchy part and it's just it's just so awesome to hear his voice be stronger than ever but his skill set being to the moon on this, like it, it is so well done and so well executed. And um, Roger's shredding, the band sounds amazing. Like they really all hit it out the park. But I think as um, Andy being like the the driving force of the of the um, lyrical content and the experience of this, it, it, um, is just an, uh, an amazing job. Yeah. Um, that flip the switch song is the Vinny song. And we've talked on the pod a lot, like the second verse of a song being like that money spot. And, uh, that's one where it's like, yeah, when that second verse hits, you're like, yeah, dude, like we're in this also just wanted to note the, uh, the artwork on this is great. Like the whole thing, gives a nice vibe and, and uh safe inside did a great job of like the vinyl matches the cover and all that, like is, is pretty beautiful. And also I went up, uh, I went to one of the record release shows at program, uh, in Fullerton, a uh, couple Sundays ago and dude, it was great, you know? And, and also I want to say one other thing. I met a, a kid named Tony, shout out Tony at that show. And, uh, you know, he said he learned about this band and he, he like, when this album came on a streaming, he's like, fuck, dude, I love this thing. And he drove from LA to Tehachapi to see their, uh, their, uh, record release show because he wanted to see them in their hometown. And then I saw him the next night also a program and it's sick. Like, this record's hitting. I've got a lot of feedback in my, uh, emails and DMs of people liking this. So that's sick. And there's not a lot of bands playing like melodic hardcore right now. So I think like this lane is here 
if uh, you love like hardcore with like lots of octaves and little melodic uh, dollops in there, like here it is. So check it out. It is on the playlist, 185milesouth.com. Click that playlist link at the top of the page. And uh, there's a playlist for every episode. You can check out the songs that we're uh, talking about. Make it nice and easy for you. And also, for the people that listen to the podcast on Spotify, they now let us put uh, podcast episodes into playlists, which is pretty nice. So when you go on Spotify and you check like the playlist for this episode, uh, I'm going to have like the podcast like at the top there. So if you listen that way, it's kind of cool because you can listen to the podcast and you'd be like, oh, this song, and then just click it, you know, underneath you know, to see kind of what we're talking about. So a little more interactive, if that's where you listen. Um, not that I'm sending you one way or the other. I don't care how you listen to the podcast. I just appreciate your support, but uh, that is an option for you. Okay. Uh, Chris, this one came across your radar first. Mentality 81 is the Generation Sacrifice Demo 2023. Came out, Extinction Burst, Offside. What is this all about? Yeah, so we spent we've spent a lot of time on the in the northwest of France talking about Syndrome eighty one and and some of their other projects. This is this is a demo that the singer of that band and bass player, I believe, uh, one of the main songwriters, um, did this. Uh, also, the guy that did the uh, Prisoner of Time, uh, whatever that is in French. <laughs> I don't want to mess up the pronunciation, but. Uh, um, he did that project as well. So I think it's those two guys primarily and maybe some others that, that put together a demo. And um, it's early 80s hardcore, fast, pissed off. Um, you know, if you've listened to Syndrome 81 or um, the Prisoner of Time side project, you may be expecting like some moody melodies, but there's none of that to be found in this. It's just like scorching hardcore. Um, the tones, the guitar tones are very minor threat. Like the guitars more than anything really remind me of minor threat. Um, there's also like a touch of UK 82 in this. Um, and then I hear some like Toronto bots in it. Like, like bands like Violent Minds or Career Suicide. Um, so if you took, you know, Minor Threat, those kinds of bands in some UK 82 and threw it in a blender, you might have something along those lines. This is, um, this is one of my favorite demos of the year so far. Uh, they do this. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about this in, in the group chat, but they do that like on every song, all three songs, they do this ride symbol thing um, that I haven't really heard many other bands do before and it stood out to me and zach mentioned it too and i'm like okay i'm not crazy for thinking that's a little bit different right um but it's really cool and uh i was actually talking to the guy from extinction burst and he said that's that's a swedish thing so um yeah interesting um yeah offsite uh records in in europe did the first demo tape and then extinction burst uh, also did it in the U S and uh, extinction burst was responsible for getting it up on Spotify. So big shout out to extinction burst for getting it up on the streaming, make it a little bit easier for people uh, without tape decks. Um, but yeah, this is excellent, fast, pissed off early eighties style, hardcore of the brute of the boot variety. No dangly earrings, just, <laughs> just boots and, and uh, chains around your waist kind of thing. 
Yeah, this thing is savage. And especially when it goes to like that ride beat, it just sounds so psycho. Dan, I think you sent me like an Instagram story of like some dude that was like talking about here's the proper D beat and here's like the improper. Oh, and, like, yeah. It's uh, Tom from the Flex. Yeah. And I almost wonder if that was like shots fired at this, you know, because like I, when he's doing like the incorrect one, he's like, if this works on the symbol. Maybe this is a different video I watched. Like they were showing it. They're like, when you do the staggered right hand on the symbol, it works. But like when you're on the ride, like you can't do that. And like, well, here is a dude doing that. And it does sound fucking wild, right? Like it sounds so incorrectly awesome. Like it's just what? I don't know what I'm listening to. It's, it's ill. I love it. I've loved it from the first listen. And I, I talked to you guys on the group chat. I was like, dude, what the fuck is up with that uh, ride beat on like this song? And Chris was like, dude, I think they do that in every song. And I was like, what? And I went and listened. It's like they do. It's like their thing. It's so sick. Um, also, just want to say like there is like this slight, slight, slight tunefulness that the singer hits on the choruses. Like it is so buried in there, but it exists. So, like, if you have that savage-ass ear, you can pick up on it. So, uh, shout-out to all those fools out there. Dan, what's your take on this? I love it. it Minor Threat is definitely um, a reference point that is helpful in describing this. Um, it the, the same way that Minor Threat can go at you blazing fast, but it's still bringing along a cart full of melody that is just under the gra- under the waves, you know? That's what this is. It's so good. And um, the bands that go fast, when they hit the slow down parts or the, or the you know, the breaks, that's when you can tell just the, the genius of, of bands like this, when they transition to those parts so well. And this band does it perfectly, like, to where you're just like, ah, oh, I'm going to listen to that song again, like over and over again. Like, j'adore mentality 80. Oh. <laughs> Muy bien. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is sick, dude. Everyone get at it again on the playlist. Um, and it's going to be hard to choose which two of the three songs we want to put on here. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on Chris's, Chris's shoulders after the podcast. Um, let's move on. Let's talk. If I pronounce any of this wrong, people, don't get at me. The band is Seal. The EP is Sankar. Came out on La Vida Es Un Mus. Uh, that's Seal, S-I-A-L. Um, Dan, what's up with this? You chose this band for one of your best tracks of, I believe, 2021 on the year end. How does this measure up to that? I think it was all the way back to 2020, believe it or not. Oh, Stuff is just flying time is at least um this measures up perfectly it's like the continuation while still bringing something new they seal are kind i would say kind of bit cross punk kind of bit uk82 kind of bit full-on hardcore all at the same time like and then there's an element where there is a a vocal effect, I suppose, processing or something like that, where 
it allows her voice to almost coat the entire song. Like she's in every nook and cranny singing, you know, it, and it just comes across so good. And her screams with that primitive style drum beat going, it's, it gets you like immediately. And this is just brutal music that still has an element of, you know, it, you, you've got to find those tiny little bits of melody that are just hiding there, but the, they're few and fleeting because it is so brutal and primitive. And it has that, that beat that we loved, you know, when Gulch would go full Neanderthal on certain parts, it has that beat considerably going through the whole EP. And I, I love it. It's just like UK 82 boot stomp with, um, such a, I mean, you might even say like, a, the lighter side of Gehenna is slightly there as well. I don't know. I love this band. Um, it, I, I would love to know uh, what they're singing about a little bit more. So, you know, I, this one hasn't arrived. I ordered it from La Vida SMUs, but it's not here yet. So I can't wait to break out the lyric sheet and do it that way. Yeah. Dan, you're referring to the speed walking caveman beat. Yep. Do da do da do da do da. It's not all the way fast. It's a caveman beat that's almost fast. So we're calling the speed walking caveman. I was like, get into it on the gel LP that we're going to get to in a minute. Yes. But, uh, they, yeah, it's here. These two are beautiful partners for this episode. Yeah. There's another beautiful partner because I think that uh, we'll get to it, but I think that Tarina and the existence is like a, a match made in heaven, too. We'll get to it, though. Yeah. Um, the CL, generally, when there's effects on the vocals, I hate it. Like, it's almost like a, a deal breaker for me now. Like, I just, there's so much music coming out, and like, we have these little, you know, quirks of things that we don't like. And it's like, you know, if you come with it and you have heavy distortion on your vo- vocals or something, I'm just like, I don't got time for it, dude. I don't like it, you know? Um, but this is like, they just turn it up to 11 and it's like a, I don't know. It's like an echo effect, like a reverb effect. And like, it's like they crank the knob the whole way that it is so interesting that the vocals almost turn into another instrument. It's yeah. like the fact that it's like reverby and she's so rapid fire on the singing. Dan did a good job of explaining like, yeah, the way that it like kind of just seeps into every nook and cranny it's kind of like a guitar right like in the way that like in a song unless you're choking your guitar like you your guitar is making noise right but the way you strum it is like how you're attacking it but even if you're just like ringing out the chord the guitar is still making noise and that's kind of like this like her guitar is or her voice is kind of like a guitar in the way and it's like it's strumming when it is and sometimes it's ringing out and that's what that effect is doing um it's cool. Now, the guitar tone on this record is god awful, in my opinion. And when I was listening to it in my truck and then on my computer, I was like, wow, this is horrible. Like, just to my ear that wants like semi clean stuff, like, it's, it's really an ugly guitar tone. So, some people are going to love it because, like, there was once a band. I'm sure that people know them. They were like called bone owl 
like the it was AWL was the band. And I listened to that once and I was like, what the fuck is this, dude? And this is like as someone that is an aficionado of hardcore music. You know, I was just like, this is so unpleasant to my ear. Like either I'm a poser or everyone that likes this is a fucking psychopath and they should be on a watch list. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, this guitar tone is wild. Although when I listen to this on my headphones, it actually sounded pretty good. So that's wild. And I am uh, sympathetic to things sounding good in the studio and then sounding like wonky elsewhere. So I don't know. And I do love when they uh, incorporate the tambourine. And that's another thing. Dan, you talking like a gel companion piece. Like I love when they hit the tambourine too, but we'll get into it. Chris, what is your take on this? It's interesting. You mentioned the headphone listen too. Cause I, um, so I listened to this first in my car and I didn't love the tones. Like the, the I don't know if it's the recording or the mix down or just like the tones. But when I listened to it in my headphones, I liked it a lot more. Like it was a lot more cutting. So, um, I don't know, maybe it's a mastering or maybe it's just uh, the style of music translates better when there's not like highways, you know, highway noise uh, adding to it because, I mean, it's pretty pummeling. Like there's, there's, you know, with the, the vocals being shredded and um, you know, the echo effect on them, there's like a lot like coming at you. So I guess that would make sense that if there was like highway noise bleeding into then it wouldn't be as good a good of experience, but um, but yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, like I said, the the headphones experience I really liked a lot more than than drive around in my car. But um, yeah, this rips just like the last stuff they did. The vocals in this are really kind of what makes it for me. Like the vocals, just they're so shredded, they cut all the way through. Like um, a lot of times when my main criticism with like distortion on vocals is it makes them kind of bleed into the recording a little bit and, and they're not as cutting, but the singer of this band's vocals are so cutting that they still cut through. And I think that's pretty sick. Um, and then after, after I listened to this, um, on my headphones, I went down like a rabbit hole of watching as many live videos of as I, of them as I could, and they're super super intense live. So I hope I get to see them someday. But yeah, cool band, cool record, and awesome to hear something come from a part of the world that you haven't. There's not a litany of of hardcore bands that have made it. Um, into our playlist and that could be our own ignorance but to have Malaysia and Singapore like just a band come out of there that is just so ripping that just grabs your attention like I love it alright next up Illiterates No Experts LP came out on Sorry State Records dude this rips it sounds so much like youth of today. It is so awesome. Um, it's the best youth crew album in like years and years and years. And we've talked about it a bit on the pod recently. Like, dude, I don't know. There's going to be bias against this. Like people that would have loved it if they looked like uh, the first step or mindset, you know, I don't know if they're going to fuck with this cause it's a little dirtier, but uh, dude, it is so good. It just straight up sounds like youth of today. Can't close my eyes era. 
Although like the drumming's better. And that breaks my heart saying that because y'all know that we love Darren Pesci or Darren Pesky, the Pesky Pescado, you know, but this thing rips. It's 11 songs in 12 minutes. It sounds just like youth of the day. Um, the write up says that it sounds like the repos. And I listen to the repos cause I never heard of that before. Uh, cause I'm a poser and it does sound similar to the repos, which I believe is a band from maybe like 10 ish years ago. Like the singing is similar. It's like the, you know, the Ray Capo or the antidote or the redemption, a seven voice. Um, but the repos were a little bit dirtier than this. And their song structure was like a little more abrupt, like almost like they didn't sound power violency, but the song structure was in that way that it would go like part, part over, you know, like it would end like really abruptly. Like it was just like a, a power violence song. So this is just you the day can't close my eyes um, with like kind of, kind of ignorant tongue-in-cheek lyrics i think i haven't read the lyric sheet but you can pick up on some of it like you know it's called no experts a couple of apes like banging a rock on a missile you know like <laughs> pretty igno you know we talk a lot about caveman shit and i guess this is like the other side of caveman shit but anyway um yeah i, I sent a, a dm to adam once today to play to get jordan cooper's uh response on this record so We'll see if he gets back. I also hit up the where it went dudes to, uh, to see if Ray Capo could listen to it and give me his thoughts. But they said Ray Capo is definitely too busy, but maybe Porcel will. And uh, also we reached out to Tim McMahon to get his take. So uh, maybe we'll have that for next episode. Uh, what some true youth crew lovers thought of the illiterate LP, but uh, this thing rips dude. If you like that music, you're going to love this. Um, Dan, what's your take? Yeah, this this is it comes out the gate just killing it with that song LBTC. Um just grabs your attention immediately. I feel it's halfway between uh youth of today, like, you know, musically and uh a lot towards nerve agents. Um without the spooky parts of the nerve agents it it's ripping all the way through and yeah th- these vocals are you know antidote capo eric ozine like to the max and no apologies there because it sounds so fucking good um <laughs> i know your favorite song must be the turd <laughs> You know what? That's like a great example, right? Because I actually think that might be the best song on the record, but even I'm kind of like turned off by it. Like, God damn it. Why can't that be about like getting stabbed in the back? You know what I mean? It's like the turd, like fuck. (laughs) It's a fucking killer song though. It is. Um, That LBTC though, like that opening track, it's so good. Um, This is, this was such a, um, pleasant surprise because when I saw this was like, we were, we were putting together what we were going to talk about on this pod, um, putting together what we were going to review. And I saw something by a band called the illiterates. I thought it was going to sound like either like the vindictives or something like poppy punk like that because of the name, or it was going to be like absolutely like unbelievably igno. And it is just served up in a way that I, it's right for me. I love this style and I, I really like this record. And 
man, what is going on over in Pittsburgh? There's Dude. so good stuff coming out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, that Speed Plans LP is like my palate cleanser for this whole year. It's like I listen to so much stuff, and I'm like, I got to listen to Speed Plans to like clear all this shit out of my head. You know, I love it. Um, Yeah, I was familiar with this band. They put out another LP in 2021, and it was like, oh, my God, it's a band that sounds like Youth of Today. But, like, the band name kind of blows, and the cover art is, like, weird. You know, there's a guy, like, stabbing himself in the eye with a pencil. You know, it's like, and that's when I I originally, like, you know, was like, fuck. I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I wish these dudes were wearing fucking, you know, camo cutoff shorts and a fucking you know an old school shirt and some new balance shoes and looked all clean cut and shit you know what i'm saying and doing a chris williams jump that's right i mean i wish chris williams was playing guitar in this band you know like <laughs> he might straighten them out you know but uh yeah i don't know it's like i had weird feelings about that first one right just because like i was disappointed in myself for like not being able to just appreciate the music for what it was and I feel like on this LP, they like leaned into like the Igno so much, like they turned it up enough that like they won me over, you know? So I don't know. I just, I dig this. I think it's a great LP. Chris, I what's love the art. I love the, the, the art is great. It matches the record. This is like a, it has a shot for art of the year for sure. Chris, what's your take? Uh, I love this too. Uh, when we talked about them, I don't know, a couple months back, I remember Zach talking about it and, making a point to go listen to it. And then I forgot and didn't. <laughs> so uh, I was glad that, that we got to hit this because uh, when I, when I checked it out, because Zach put it on the list, I love it. Um, I think I totally agree with the youth of today comparisons, particularly like the can't close my eyes. Uh, the reason why I think it, it evokes can't close my eyes is just way too raw. Like, it's it's way rawer than break down the walls or we're not on this alone. Um and and it doesn't like can't close my eyes is a lot cleaner than this even, but like the the rawness on that record, I think it's comparable to this. Um I hear a little bit of West Coast influence in here too. Like like there's some kind of like jangly guitar stuff going on that is a little bit like black flag vibes um you know maybe like damaged era um so i don't know what i what i kind of think about when i listen to this is you know maybe if youth today grew up listening to like black flag instead of ssd and chromags um this is what youth today might sound like i don't know it's sick though yeah that's a that's the interesting take and like that's a pretty good way to think about this i dig that all right my oh go ahead sorry one thing my only complaint is is i do agree like the lyrics are like i get it they're going for shtick and the shtick is um we're not scientists (laughs) (laughs) uh and some of the lyrics are actually brilliantly stupid um like uh on the song the turd which you guys were talking about earlier uh, he does the capo, you know, all the Youth of Today songs where he yells the name of the song at the start of the, the thing. And he actually does this on, on Chip Away's Chip, ah, oh, why, into the, in the song. Um, but this one, instead of the name of the song of the turd, he yells, 
duty fucking calls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, so, yeah, it's 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 dumb. It's brilliantly dumb. I mean, it's kind of like it's like Beavis and Butthead, right? It's it's stupid. But like when you listen to it, I think it's actually kind of brilliantly stupid. Um, so, you know, props for them nailing the shtick. I just, um, I don't know. My personal preference for hardcore is like, you know, the vocalist doesn't need to be Greg Graffin or anything, but like, you know, like no reply said, I want your guts. Like that's, that's the stuff that makes the best hardcore. Yep. So, you know, one slight preferential nit to pick, but I mean, despite it, this is great hardcore done really well and it's just it's savage like you know we talk a lot about how what a lot of the 97 and on youth crew era uh bands missed was like the savagery of youth today and the ferocity and this has that so god if a youth if a youth crew ish band comes back can you just fucking sound like this like it sucks that these guys are like Dude, this is the best sounding like youth crew record in 20 years, like straight up, you know, like it's just so savage. It's back to that original style. And it's just like fucking a, can someone do this and put good lyrics to it? And I, there are some lyrics I like, Chris, like it's good. You, you shouted that out. Cause like that one that goes, there's not much to me. What you get is what you see. <laughs> like, okay, that's pretty clever, dude. But like, yeah, if these were good, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I want your guts, dude. Like that's what's missing here. We're all like kind of pussyfooting around it because this thing rips so hard and people are going to brush it off because the people that should like it are going to brush it off for this reason even more. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's what's missing. Like if they lay it out their heart and soul over music like this, it would be like one of my favorite records maybe ever. You know what I mean? Like they just killed this so hard musically. And I can't believe they did it because they did it on the last record. And it's like, how do you have this many more good ideas? Like this guy, you know, should get some sort of grant where he's a fucking millionaire for doing it twice. You know, it's just, you know, get a singer that gives us his guts. Want to know what you believe in, you know, what's up? Um, Okay. Let's go on to again. That mentality. 81 is a contender for demo of the year. And this one is too. Talking about the Scarab demo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or wrong. Um, But yeah, this thing is savage. It's like they mashed up like a handful of the best bands from 2002 and put it through a modern lens. Like it, it just sounds like Sworn Enemy mashed up with Terror and then mashed up with like a little bit of AN, right? Because on the first song, there's that. I think there's a line that says like the shortest days of the longest nights. That's like full AN vibe. So imagine a sworn enemy terror and uh, AN were in a bar fight. That's what this sounds like. Um, they mix in some studio tricks that I like. It's, it's not even a trick. It's an effect that's kind of ridiculous. But uh, that vocal effect that they hit going into the breakdown on last day, that is so YOLO and so awesome. It's just like, fuck it, dude. You want to do this? Hell yeah, I want to do that. It's going to be sick. And it was. You know what I mean? Um also that riff on the song scarab is so good like it is a classic riff that like comes off as like a classic intro if i was going to be uh 
Critical Chris or Dissecting Dan, I would say that song should have gone first. In fact, that riff is so good, I think they should put it the first track on all their records. You know, so this thing to smashes, four songs, seven minutes, probably demo of the year. And uh, yeah, it's fucking great. Band to watch. And uh, I did see a little bit of schism on on a hardcore Twitter. Some some kids were like a little butthurt that they were on This Is Hardcore already. And uh, that's interesting. I don't know who's in this band. Do you, Chris? It's like dudes from the scene, though, I think. I don't. But I thought that was funny, too. Like... <laughs> You're you're having a young like a new band open up a fest, and how is that a bad thing? You know, yeah, and also like when you are around, you go to shows or you're in other bands, and like a promoter notices that you're a dude that goes to shows or you're in other bands and hooks up your new band. Yeah, it's like that's kind of how it works. You know what I mean? But you know, we talked on we did a whole episode on Patreon recently talking about like the controversial Mind Force video. And, uh, yeah, that's like, I don't know if you're not in the room. Like, I don't know if you understand that piece of it. Right. Like that kind of came off as some, uh, Dan, who are the critics on the Muppets? Statler and Waldorf. Dude, I knew you would know. That's one of those things I love about you. I knew you would know. Yeah. That like came off as one more time, Dan. Statler and Waldorf. (laughs) Some of that Statford and Waldorf ass shit. You know what I mean? Like some. That's what it was like. Wait a minute. Why do these guys get to be on this? You know what I mean? Like, well, anyone that's like ever been in rooms at hardcore shows knows, <laughs> you know what I mean? What's up? Um, but yeah, the thing rips. Chris, what's your take? I, I really like this. Um, and I, you know, confession time. I didn't think I would just because of the name uh threw me off a little bit. I was expecting something a lot more metalcore, I guess. Um not that it's a bad name. I I just I don't know, maybe the font that they use or something it just made me think it was going to sound different. Um but what this really reminds me of is lowest of the low. Like if you like that era of terror, like this is this is your new jam. Like the the way I think it's mostly the way the drums are so present on this. Like they're super loud, not too loud, but like they're, they're up front, you know, and, and the, the pacing and the tempo, like it's, it's blistering fast, but it's hard. Um, sounds like he's smacking the crap out of the snare. Um, I, <laughs> Zach, you stole a little bit of my thunder because I was going to say for last day, uh, is it last day or last days? Um, Anyways, going into the breakdown at 118, there's a studio effect that both sounds awesome (laughs) and also sounds like a turkey gobbling. (laughs) (laughs) I straight up thought he went like with his hand on his throat to make that happen. I don't know, but it it sounds so sick. Like, don't let me, you know, don't let the turkey gobbling thing throw you off. Like, that's not me, like, saying it sounds silly. It sounds so sick, but it also does sound like a turkey. And then the breakdown coming out of it is epic. And uh, I don't know, there's got to be a joke. And there's something about kids moshing with chickens or like chickens with their heads cut off or something. But yeah, this is sick. I love it. Dude, I love that part. But like this might be one of those things where it gets like copied and copied and copied. And dude, 
we didn't touch on this on the Torina, but you know they did that that little gimmick again. Like when the record like a song ends and they play like the chill song right after. Yeah, but they, they chopped and screwed it, so they, they, they definitely made it not just be typical. Mm. <laughs> Would have been nicer without it. And like that reggae track sounded nice, you know what I mean? But Skinner the Bash them. Claudette and the Pioneers. That uh that trope is for the birds, oh, man. Terena is members of Cola Boy though, or one member at least, so maybe they're just True. tapping that, that reggae roots. That'd be sick though if uh yeah, if they cut, it's gotta cut to Penny Lane, then I'd give it a pass. Um Dan, what's your take on this? Yeah, this is hard as fuck, um, but has speed and intensity. Um yeah, I love. I mean, we all found that part because it it pulls you out of like just oh, it's a deep guttural scream going into it, and then it goes. <laughs> I don't know. It's it is sick. Um, that scarab riff, like that, opens the song scarab, and then like so many people are gonna get hurt. That's the reason it yeah, they may be friends, they may support the scene and all of this stuff. But if someone wants this is hardcore to open strong, open with that riff. The whole set, the whole fest will go off following that. Because that the way that riff comes in and then he goes, Scarab! Yes. And it just hits even harder. It, it I would be standing against the walls, I'll tell you that, <laughs> because it's going to go fucking mental. Yes. Not only should they open with it, every band should open with it. <laughs> it's that good. Um, and fun or unfun fact, you'll have to tell me, a scarab is a large dung beetle yeah. of the eastern Mediterranean area regarded as sacred in ancient Egypt. Yes. I, I knew that. Just like a new Statler and Waldo. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> The champ don't miss, people. The champ don't miss. All right. Let's go on to um, the band is Existence. The album is called Go to Heaven, straight out of Sweden. It is on Quality Control, and uh, it's sick, dude. Quality Control has a, a USA distro as well, so like they can really keep like the prices down. This record, I ordered it. It was 15 bucks, and... That is pretty insane uh, pricing for 2023. And this thing goes hard. Um, it's really, I don't know. It, how do you describe like this metal-influenced hardcore? Uh, there's, no there's no getting around it. It's like it's, it's a lot of integrity in this, right? It's like, it's like a modern integrity through like a Swedish metal lens. Um, there's some mind force esque like guitar noodling. Um, there's also there was a Swedish death metal band called Entrails. I think they're old school, but uh, I really like their 2015 album Obliteration. Uh, it gives me some of that vibe in here. But but really, if like you're an Integrity fan, like and there are a lot of diehard Integrity fans, you know. Um, but I know some of you are a little turned off because Dewey these days is giving off way too many Guy Fieri vibes. You know, you might want to jump into this and, uh, you know, it's younger kids playing this type of music. Um, and it's wild because they're from Sweden. I think they might be from Gothenburg staff and don't kill me if they're not. Um, 
And when you're from Sweden, though, and you want to play metal, you know, you got to bring it, you know, or you're going to be sitting around one day sipping on mead and some long hair is going to come and and check you, dude, you know, and deny your entry to Valhalla. But uh, these guys bring it hard. And uh, it's sick. The album starts with synth and uh, right into a ripper, the song Frozen Spirit. And great opening track. Um, the riffage on it is excellent. Uh, my favorite track on the record is probably the song Hell is Empty, and that is on the strength of those little guitar hooks that are in there. So good. Uh, that song will be on the playlist. I love this singer's voice. Um, he sounds a lot like the dude from Obituary. Uh, you know, it's really unintelligible in some parts, and when it's more unintelligible is when I like it the most. Um, and I also love when his voice is like juxtaposed against like, okay. So when it's, I think it really shines like on that song. Let me see here. I wrote down the song uh, caught in the deep end. There's like that clean channel guitar part and this dude's singing over it. And it just sounds savage because like that juxtaposition of the clean channel guitar and him just being like, rah, 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 like all obituary style is fucking ill. Um, I love this thing. I think it's great. And I think everyone should check it out. If you're in that lane of like wanting metal influenced hardcore, that is not all based around the mosh. It's based around like good songwriting. Uh, this is right there. If I was going to be critical of this, um, I would say for my ear, which is like that hardcore ear that just wants to listen to speed plans all day. Now um, it's a long record. You know, but I do think that it's only long to the hardcore ear, and this record does not let up at all by any means. Because I think that like the final sequence of that "Go to Heaven" like interlude into "Materialized Fear" might be the strongest point on the album. So it's like it starts strong. My favorite song is kind of in the middle. Um, that song "Hell Is Empty," and then I think that like those that last like the interlude into the final song is like some of the strongest stuff. So. I don't know. I think this thing is sick. Um, but yeah, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, this thing. So my notes say um, this band really loves Slayer and that's not a bad thing, you know, uh, and they love integ integrity as well. Um, that interlude that you were referencing a minute ago, I thought The Undertaker was coming out during it. <laughs> Like it is so it's, it's like nodding to maiden hallow be thy name, but also sounds like eerily like the undertaker could be walking to the ring or the underseller as he's known on this part. That's right. Or Angus young. <laughs> bells, bells. Yeah. But the, the bell on it is awesome. And yeah, when it does go into that final song, it's fantastic. I'm similar with you. I do think the record's a little bit long, but that's because we like punk and we love things to come in under 20 minutes and just be perfect, you know. But I um, really do think like that part you were referencing, we've all, we've wrote down the same parts, but that part you were referencing uh, where he's singing over the clean channel, it is so like early in tag. Yeah with that clean stuff. Like you almost half expect him to whisper a little bit as well, yes, yes. but yeah, it, it's really good. This is a, this is a really good record. And, um, for, 
fans of of that liked um late 90s early 2000s metallic hardcore too because there were some some of this sound was very prevalent around that time but this production is so good where everything is so audible the guitar tones are so complimentary um like you said like they're in sweden so you know this is the world of you know at the gates etc so the recording has to live up to some kind of standard but it, it's fantastic and yeah the main the main uh two bands i would say are a guidepost for to maybe excite the listeners listening to jump into this but like equal measures uh well not equal measures but a little bit of slayer and a lot of integrity and um but they're definitely their own sound at the same time really great um i i really dug it very first time i listened to it i didn't think i was gonna like it that much and then second and third it just kept growing on me so that's that's another good uh thing about if it doesn't grab you on your very first listen give it another whirl because it may just click in uh, on that second listen yeah i agree i've i've listened to this a lot of times um and my initial listens i thought that it really got going like in the second half of the record and now i've kind of kind of think that it's like kind of tent poles like it's like beginning middle and end you know <laughs> like i don't know it's pretty sick though i like this a lot and I do think that like this band in Torino would be a sick tour, you know, a world tour, little Europe, little US, like these bands would complement each other really nicely. Um, Cause they're like, you can tell like both these bands are a bunch of dudes that like take their craft really seriously, probably practice a lot, not only like as bedroom, like jammers, but like they're playing a lot in a room together. Like that really comes through with both these bands. And, uh, yeah, I think they're doing really interesting takes on on metal influence hardcore. Uh, Chris, what's your take on this? Well, first off, Staffan, don't worry, I got your back. Uh, this band is from Stockholm, Sweden, right according according to their Spotify bio. Um, not my favorite style of hardcore personally. I've never been a big Slayer fan, but this really is awesome. It rips. I think. If you like Slayer and you like more modern hardcore, this might quite possibly be your new favorite band. Like of all the bands that I've, you know, any band that I can think of that references Slayer, I think this band maybe doesn't better than any that I've ever heard. So, um, yeah, it's just really well done. Like the guitars, um, the leads and like the, the, the i guess the melodies um the way they play off of each other are so sick and it's just i don't know it's really cool uh the mastering is a bit dull sounding for my personal absolute favorite preference but i think part of that's probably genre matching to make it sound a little bit more like a thrash metal record um but it's it doesn't sound bad i think it, it still sounds awesome um, it just, my only complaint is it sounded a tiny bit like, I don't know, a lot of, uh, low end. Um, but yeah, this rips and I do want to call, I don't know if you guys caught this. It wasn't as obvious as the, uh, Turkey 
that that snuck into the the scarab song um but on the song caught in the deep end at 225 there's a build up there and over the build up there's a you can hear the sound of a sword being drawn what <laughs> do you guys hear this how did i yeah, miss that that's my favorite song on the record it's so cool it's like a shink. it's like okay. like a sword coming out of a a scabbard or something it's it's subtle but it it's pretty cool that's sick. All right, we'll put that song on the playlist along with uh, <laughs> with that other one that I was I was calling out. Um, yeah, well, okay, sick. I can't wait to hear that again now. All right, <laughs> let's go on. That's Existence, Go to Heaven. Everyone, check it out and uh, order that shit because that is a deal from uh, Quality Control Headquarters, USA, Handle Business. All right, let's get on. This is one of the most anticipated LPs of the year. The band is Gel. The LP is only constant. It came out on Convulse Records recently. Dan, what is your take on this LP, and did it live up to the hype? It surpassed the hype for me. This comes in at 17 minutes. Um, How many songs is it, Zach? I can't remember. It's like Uh, a full record. It's like 10 or 11 songs. I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, coming in at 17 minutes for the entire LP. There is not one moment wasted. Everything is amazing. The the horned blade or honed blade. God, I'm so my honed. eyes are so bad right now. Uh, honed blade like opens, and it just gives you that <laughs> speed walking caveman beat right out the gate, and then it it jumps the tempo up on that a little bit to like probably go full D beat. Um, so good and uh the singer the way they open um the the, like coming in with just a ha ha like a a laugh but like it's so good and then it just starts bouncing like the song bounces and i was just like oh my god i'm (laughs) 30 seconds in i'm sold and then every song just from there just starts ramping up a bit more and a bit more. And then you, you're getting different, you're getting different vibes and lots of creativity, the guitar playing and the, uh, the two guitars playing off each other um, throughout this just is amazing. And the um, lyrical output is really good because it's very personal yet striving for more. Um, kind of something you were maybe asking for earlier. Um, and I feel, I, I feel like I, I need even more time to really wax poetic about how great this is, but I really loved it. The song dicey. Um, just, yeah, I just listened to that one over and over again. Um, and just when you think like, you know, you're really settling into it, it's over. So then you start it all over again. Um, the amount of bounce with slight amounts of of crust, but tons of inch. The way that, it, and they don't sound anything like this per se, but the way that tragedy is in a, a genre of that, you know, pretty brutal 
music, but their guitars are taking you to a different place. That's what gel is doing. They're playing very primitive crust and, um, bounce hardcore, like combined, like those two things are really married, like a very crusty approach. Also a very like YOLO bounce approach the way that those, uh, is taking it, but the guitars are doing so much creative things in each song that even only lasts like a minute, 10, 50 seconds here and there. But every time the guitars are playing off each other, they're just really elevating this songwriting and the vocals are incredible. Um, there's the same thing with the seal that we talked about earlier. There is, um, a pronounced effect, but there's something about the tonality of of the vocals of Seal and this, that they cut through at the perfect thing. So they're not just buried in the music. They are seeping all over it and drawing you in. And one more thing that we can say about the singer is that they are singing over the parts and letting the songs breathe, just like we talked about on all the good songs. Um, that's happening here. I mean, this is, this is a damn near a masterpiece. You know, I really love it and I can't wait to spend more time with it. I do think that the vocals are a little buried and distorted and, uh, that would be a knock, but also my, my ear is like so critical to that right now. Um, everything about this band, I pretty much love, right? Like the mission statement of it, like hardcore for the freaks is like, so like of the moment and so sick. Um, I do wonder if they missed like a golden opportunity, like that calling card. Oh, I loved um, it. Yeah. But maybe it, like, I think I like it, but where it sits in the record, like, I wonder if it would have been kind of iconic if it led off the record. Um, I wonder if they just missed that opportunity there, uh, putting it in the middle of the record instead of at the front. I haven't gotten the LP yet and I haven't looked at like the track listing like that. Maybe it starts off side B. Um, probably does. So like, there's that it's like the runner up for a song, but, uh, yeah, this thing is really like, a a blueprint of modern hardcore, like in the non hardcore or excuse me, in the non metal hardcore lane. Um, they hit like basically every beat possible here. Um, it's pretty sick. Like they do a lot of that speed walking caveman beat. They do a lot of, like a three quarter speed D beat. They do like a normal D beat. They sprinkle in a little fast stuff. They got a mid tempo or like a two step beat. There's plenty of bounce. Like this thing just like really moves seamlessly through all these different tempos. It's like they're throwing everything at you and like, they're never resting on their laurels, right? Like how Dan is saying, like they're adding in all these like little guitar things this is like a well-planned out album all the way through. The sequencing is great. The guitarists aren't getting lazy. They're tucking stuff in, making it creative. And I think like this is just an epic win. It's a very easy record to get through. It sounds bright and good. Uh, it's over, you know, um, before you know it. Although it does let you know that it's getting over, like the way it fades into like that static, brilliant way to end the record. Um, and I also think that like it, it leaves some room for 
getting even wilder the next time out, right? Like they're sprinkling some stuff in here and I want them to like lean into it even more. Um, like that end part on, uh, let me see. Yeah. That end part, like that gets kind of like atmospheric on the end of attainable. That's probably my favorite part of the record. Um, and I would like to see some more of that sprinkled in personally. I think it would like cut up the record a little more. And, uh, that part is just so sick, you that, know, like that is so good because the way that the next song comes powering after it. Yep. Yeah. They're thinking about it. It's like the puny D record. Like it was sequenced really well that like everything flows. Like when they had those, they had a lot of parts that have like end parts, you know, that really went into the next song and all that like sick. Um, yeah. Shout out to the song dicey great song and also i just love that word dude i need to like incorporate that into my fucking vocabulary all the time huh oh shit things are getting a little dicey <laughs> yeah, i love it i love it um but yeah epic win this was like much anticipated and i think it delivers so uh that's sick congratulations everyone chris what's your take on this yeah i echo a lot of the the stuff you guys said about you know the songwriting proficiency um mean the the structure of the songs, you know, pushing some boundaries while still staying roots, hardcore, um, and still staying intense and, uh, fast and, and well, fast, fast as, as a root. Cause like Zach said, they, they hit almost every tempo on here, but like, this is roots, hardcore, you know, and, you know, we love to see roots, hardcore get, you know, get shine and, and win. And certainly this is a band that's winning right now and, and love to see it. Saw them at just another gig up in Tacoma a few months back and they crushed it live. And, uh, yeah, they, I think they, they stay on the road a lot. They work hard and, um, you know, I was just love to see those hardworking bands win as well too. So, um, seem like nice kids too. So seem like a all around good package. I dig it. Awesome. Okay, let's go on. The last thing uh, that we're going to talk here is new Vogel band, Bad Blood, out of Buffalo, New York. The EP is called The Bad Kind Decides, came out on Flat Spot. Dude, this thing, what's up? Vogel did it again. You know, it's like every side project, pretty sick. Um, it was funny, though, like after like that, <laughs> the, the mind force thing that got hit with like that label of gatekeeping and everyone was very sensitive about it. I, I've just been thinking as I've been listening to all this hardcore recently, like dude, the people that were offended by like that speech, like that's going to suck when they like hear a Vogel lyric, you know what I mean? Like they ain't ready for it. You know what I mean? Cause there's so much of, of like, you know, you're this, you're that, uh, which I personally love. This is like a band right in my lane. Uh, roots hardcore meets the hard style and uh yeah dude i think everything from bad blood through apology and i apology denied just like rages um if i was nitpicking i think that the intro is only okay um but it sets up how gnarly bad blood like comes in because it just comes in super aggro and fast so i get that the intro is like kind of a setup track but I think that they could have come a little harder with it. If I was being really critical, it's fine. But like, oh, the bad blood is is wild. 
and uh, apology tonight is is so good um also the last song the bad kind is a little melodic and like kind of hits me off guard it it pulls me out of of this when we were talking about like that demand uh record the demo from last year it was kind of like that like the last song on it went in like a melodic direction i was like ooh, what's going on here you know um yeah, I, I kind of just really like the savagery of of this, like in in the Bad Blood song through the Apology Tonight song, like that chunk of it is so savage and so good. And uh, the bad kind, like I guess if I was gonna talk about it, not in the context of this EP, like it might actually be the best song. Um, I just don't know if it fits, and so it kind of pulls me out of of the EP maybe they should sell it to world be free, you know, have Jordan Cooper cut him that check. Um, cause this might be one of the best world be free songs. So, cause that opening riff is so good. Um, but yeah, that's my take. It's like another fucking Vogel victory, you know, like that SOS EP that came out a handful of years ago, him and Matt Henderson, that thing was great. This is great. You know, bringing back uh buried alive. It's like fucking Vogel can't miss dude. So ill. And uh, the Terra LP last year being one of the best records of the year. So uh, this is sick. Another feather in his hat. And I think it's ill. You know, he moved back to Buffalo, hooked up with like local hardcore dudes and is doing a band there because, you know, Terror is like on four corners of the of the country. So uh, it's sick to be able to have a a band that he can play with when he's at home in Buffalo. I don't know. I I love everything about it. Uh, Chris, what's your take on this? Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing you just said that it, it's cool that like Scott is such a lover of hardcore that you know, terror isn't enough for him when he's at home in Buffalo, he's got to have something to to do and and to get this out and it's sick. Um yeah, I mean, I I a lot of the things that you said already you know, I put down as well. Like it's, it's Vogel doing more hardcore. What, you know, what else can you say? It's good. It's well-written. It's hard. Um, it doesn't sound like terror, but it has kind of a similar formula of like fast pummeling and then hard breakdowns. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. Cause it, like I said, it doesn't sound like terror, but like, if you like terror, you're probably going to like this too. Um, Another thing I was thinking about too is like you guys have both sang in bands that have done multiple LPs. Um, so, I mean, you think about the, the, the lyrics to songs you guys have written, I mean, has got to be pushing like, you know, 30 to 70 between the two of you. But like that, <laughs> that doesn't even like scratch the surface of like the song number of songs that like Scott has written lyrics for you know and like keeps like going back to the well and and bringing these masterpieces of rage and uh inspiration and i don't know it's it's sick because i i mean i've i've sang in bands before i've probably written lyrics for like i don't know eight songs total and i i felt like at that point i was kind of running out of things to say uh so yeah respect yeah, like how does he keep doing it? You know, like like how many songs do you think he's written lyrics for between you know all those bands? It's got to be like four hundred, right? Yeah, in the three to four hundred range, would be my guess. It's nuts. 
Yeah. And, and like, it's like you haven't done an apology denied song yet. Like, how did he pluck that out? Like, fucking A. How do you still keep coming up with ideas? Vogel, dude, hardcore Hall of Fame. He's a, he's a first round pick for sure. You know what I mean? Um, absolute legend. Dan, what's your take on this? Well, I'm going to disagree with you about the intro. I think it's got such a group. It, it's giving you a little bit of like floor punch intro ish. Like that part where it's it's got a groove and a people are like two stepping to a, an extent which you know can be a bit tired but whatever it's still great. Um, but then like bad blood bust and then it just opens up a bit more. Oh my god, I really loved it and I, I liked it a lot. Um, and then the bad blood song, so good. Um, Fear is all that song. Fair as all you live in. It, yeah. Oh my God. That will like be so catchy. Gets in your head, but gives you like full blown, like one voice backups the entire way through. Yes. Like it, it's a gang vocal led song, which is really uh, great. It's a, it's a neat uh, difference to the rest of the uh, record. Lost to Sin is awesome. And then that Apology Denied song is so good. The bad, the bad kind, it is the odd man out a little bit, but it's still a great song. Um, this, yeah, I mean, what? It's Scott Vogel. He's not mailing anything in or phoning anything in or even mailing it. <laughs> um, it. He's coming hard every time. The music to this is fantastic. I love like that. You know, he's doing this with old friends from back or actually friends from back home. I don't know if they're old. Like, I think they're younger than him. So, um, but they're, they must like know, like, okay, we're doing a band with Vogel. We got to raise our game. These, these songs have to be like epic. And they definitely, uh, ticked all the boxes on that. This is a really great EP. I need to order this, uh, ASAP. Yeah, Dan, in my defense, I did like the Floor Punch intro, and I also don't like the Bold intro. So two bands that I love but don't love the intros. Shame so, on you. Hey, that's true. Shame on me, dude. Straight up poser. All right, everyone, check out this music. It's all sick. It's on that playlist, 185milesouth.com. Click that playlist link at the top of the page and check it out. The fight lasts for hours, each ram battering the other dozens of times. Head to head. Side A versus Side B. All right, we are going to go head-to-head, and we're going to go side A versus side B on this segment because we're doing the Never never Again Cut Down Split 7-inch came out on the mighty Rebirth Records. This thing kicks ass. Dan, what's your take on this? Is it a Never Again or Cut Down? Is it side A or side B? Ooh, it's a tough one because both sides are very good. Both sides are fast, aggressive, hardcore. Um, 
never again is giving me like kind of breakdown and hard edged youth crew and and maybe even a little bit little well i mean definitely some myhc in there as well um and the the uh vocals are very aggressive and hard and um the breaks on this are so good um the and i really like the song titles too operation clean sweep and levels of uncertainty like they they capture your imagination even before you put it on but this thing absolutely rips then when you flip to the cut down side it it's not exactly the same musically but it's very similar that's they're very complementary these two bands to each other but the cut down vocals are a more shredded and and uh, whereas the never again vocals are a lot more gruff and like like i say like a little bit breakdown ish um that outcast uh by cut down like his vocals are a bit more screamy and shredded and um i don't know it's it's really tough to pick between the two i i'm i'm really excited to hear more music from both but i i think just the way the never again comes in on that operation clean sweep with like straight out the gate like into the toms and just it's just yeah i think that's Side A, never again, is is taking it for me. Yeah, Dan, these bands do really complement each other because they're kind of the same lane, but kind of not. Um, like, never again is a little more solid. Cut down is a little more wild, right? And, like, those are two complements, yep. you know? But it kind of like, what, what are you going to land on? Never again is a little more gut. Cut down is a little more throat. Again, like, it's like... Both of those, it is what it is. Some people like that gut voice. Some people like that throat voice. Um, that first Never Again track, though, Operation Clean Sweep, Sweep, that is like straight up pretty much a perfect hardcore song. Like, if you love Roots Hardcore, like, good God, try improving that song. You know what I mean? Like, those verses, like the drumming and like basing the verse around like the drums, you know, with the starts and stops and the drum fills so good you know and then that get the fuck out going into the breakdown and then extending the breakdown another time by hitting like the little harmonics is so nice that song is so good um second song level of uncertainty they just hit you you know we talked about it with gel this is like a different sounding band but it's a song that's just hitting you with like a plethora of tempos you know so like here they are. They're laying down two songs on a record. Um, both of them are different. Both of them are sick. You know, it's just like the ultimate demo. You know, bands, they put out a demo, and then a lot of times, like, you know, back in the day, you put out a split seven-inch, and that's like your your elevated demo. You know what I mean? Because it's like an even shorter version, but it might be like the first time people ever heard you. You know, you pick up a split seven-inch at the record store, and, like, you're checking two bands out for the first time, and it's like, a really small amount of music for them. So you got to like bring the heat on your side, you know what I'm saying? And these two never again songs, like they really lay out their band, like what they can do. And I dig both songs, um, especially that first one. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear more out of this band. Um, this is a good recording for like a split seven inch. 
It's just if they up it and go to like a full EP or like an LP, get that big, good recording because like this song operations clean sweep is like so good with like a recording that matches this song. Like we're talking like straight up some of my favorite shit in hardcore. Um, yeah. And again, I just want to touch on the drumming. It is so good. Like, uh, I want to shout out that band planet on a chain, that first single on, uh, on rev before the LP came out, like the drumming on that. Like I listened to that song, like fucking five times in a row because like the drumming was so good. And, uh, this like reminded me of that. I was like, good God, man. Like the drumming, like kind of makes this, like it's a big piece of it, you know, um, on to side two or on to side B, the cut down. Um, what I think about is cool about this band is everything is just like a tick faster than you think it should be. So like that first song outcast, like they start with the youth crew toms and it's just like a tad bit faster, you know, instead of do, do, that, do, that, do, that, it's going do, that, do, that, do, that, do, that. So sick. And then same with when it goes to the fast part, you know, instead of do that, let do that, let do that, let do that. It's going let do that, do that, let do that. I can't even do it as fast. You know what I mean? Like they're just bringing it. Um, and they end on that speedwalking caveman beat, you know, like that is like coming out of COVID. They, everyone felt like locked in a cave and like all these bands come out and they're like, we're going to do this fucking, we're going to like push this beat to the forefront, you know, and it's that speedwalking caveman beat. It's not all the way fast. It's faster than mid tempo, slower than a fast beat. And it's just kick snare, kick snare, kick snare, kick snare, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that. Shit is sick. Every band do it because it rules. Um, it's interesting, Zach, that you say um, that they do everything a little bit fast because the very end of the Lonely World song, they, they groove and and it just is the tempo perfect. Yes, that song is so early 80s, like Boston hardcore, but like more on like the gangrene like demo tip. Like those gangrene demos are so ill. And like this has like that unhinged wildness too. But there's also like those Boston bands, like that seventies hard rock is like sitting right underneath the surface. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yes, the wildness on the first part. And then they lean into that grooves a little bit at the end. Um, both these bands complement each other. I think this is a great split seven inch. Um, but that first never again track is too good. I'm going side a never again, Chris, what's your take? All right, so it's interesting to hear you guys talk about this uh, without having too much context on the bands, because um, this is these are basically the same same dudes doing two different bands. Um, I think maybe like one or two different members. Um, oh, sick! I didn't yeah. know that at all. Yeah, so the singer of Cut Down plays guitar never again, and um, and I think they just kind of. You know, I don't know who the, I haven't seen cut down, so I don't know who the, you know, if they just slide someone in or the singer of never again plays, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's two bands. They share a Instagram handle too. Um, and so if you look at, if you look at the Spotify, I think it's listed as like never cut down again or something like that. And I believe that's their Instagram handle that they share too. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, I like what you guys said about this. Like it's, it's two bands that do good roots, hardcore, but they, they do it a little bit differently. Um, both, I believe from the Jersey shore area, 
Um, and and both both sides of this are awesome. Uh, quick story about never again specifically, but so when Change went out and did an East Coast tour with with Berthold City, um, we were jamming with a fill-in bass player, like, and so we you know we needed to practice before we play shows we hadn't our, our fill-in bass players from uh winnipeg so like we hadn't actually practiced with them so we had to get some some jam time and uh i hit up like the promoter of the show and i hit up i just randomly hit up never again i'd never met any of the dudes in this band um just hit up their instagram and are like hey you know psyched to play with you guys the demo's sick um curious if you know of uh a practice like a you know a, an hourly practice spot that we could just go pay to jam for a couple hours and he's like dude just use our spot and i'm like are you sure like i mean we don't have any instruments so like we would have to i mean we basically had uh two guitars and like that's it basically i think i don't think jeff had any drum stuff except for maybe cymbals and our bass player didn't have a bass he was gonna borrow Edos, so like not only were we using like their cabs, like we were basically using everything. And and he's like, nah, just use our, you know, you could you could borrow our base, use it, anything you want. Like never met these dudes before. And um, I don't know, I just want to share that story because like that's so sick. Like these these guys are the real deal. And um just really appreciate Avery and, and crew for um, you know for the hospitality they showed as well as, you know, taking us out to eat and having a good time. So yeah, let's get in the music. I love this as well. Um, I think let's start with never again. Um, Operation clean sweep opens up with like a two-step teaser for like two, two bars. And then it's like, nah, just kidding. We're going to go fast here. And then um, at 30 seconds is a, is a super cool kind of swinging two-step and um i'm not sure if you'd call this a chorus because the vocals on it are really sparse like it gives this cool beat a lot a lot of room to to breathe um and it's i don't know and then it comes back into it again but doing it more of like a breakdown style at the end um yeah that song rips um levels of uncertainty both of these never again songs, the vocals have so much attitude, like um, a lot of swagger and levels of uncertainty, especially like there's is really like swaggery. Um, you know, lots more stompy mosh parts between the fast, um, the vocal phrasing over the fast part kind of gave me a little bit of sheer terror vibes a little. Um, there's a long build into the mosh part. That's really cool. And then, you know, hard breakdown and then halfway through goes into double time, which is a good two-step part. Uh, this band stylistically reminds me a lot of Plead the Fifth from Sacramento. And and the singer kind of has a similar like build and haircut and vibe to Gudo. So um maybe that's kind of what gave me those vibes. But I also um I listened to them back to back and and they're they're pretty similar. So or at least like stylistically. So if you like plead the fifth, definitely check this out. Um, the cut down side. I, I, I pulled a lot of the things that Zach did out of this. Like there's some interesting stuff that they do with tempos. Um, there's this two step youth crew, Tom part that's played so fast that you may not even be able to two step to it. 
but it sounds hard. And then, you know, it's like a super, there's a lot of like caveman tempos on this. I think this is the one that Zach was saying has the, the speed walking caveman part at the end, uh, which is a hilarious way to describe it, but it fits. Um, and then, you know, before that, the blazing, blazing fast, Lonely World, Blazer out of the gates, keeps blazing, adds a ripping solo while it's blazing. And then just when you think the song is going to be all all go and no slow, they bust into a breakdown. That's kind of like a two-step that's almost too slow to two-step. It's almost like a stomp mosh part, but it's a little bit too upbeat to stomp mosh. So they do a lot of interesting stuff with the tempos that make this like kind of unpredictable and kind of keep you on your toes and then as zach said or i guess you guys both said like the vocals on this are a little bit more strained um so depending on style like if you like more swagger in your vocals never again maybe stylistically more in your lane if you like more pissed off kind of banshee screaming then cut down maybe your jam um and then if you want a little bit more like predictability and in, in the breakdowns and like okay this part's this part's happening i know what i should do here um never again's probably a little bit more for you but if you like to be thrown off a little bit by some of the unconventional tempos and and just want to like spaz out and lose your shit to pissed off music then cut down maybe uh the recipe for that uh i don't know i lo- i love both of these um I'm going to go with cut down. Uh, it's, it's really kind of a flip, you know, flip a coin situation. These are both super sick. I'm going to go with cut down on this one just cause I'm, I'm feeling a real spazzy frantic, uh, on my toes kind of vibe right now. Respect. All right. Everyone give this record on, uh, rebirth records, handle business, the never again, cut down split and the songs are on the playlist. I'm taking it back to the old school cause I'm an old fool I'm taking it back to the old school cause I'm an old fool Alright, we're gonna go old school We're gonna talk another No Future 7-inch This one is The Band Attack Putting out Today's Generation EP It came out in 1982 Dan, you chose this one What is this all about? Oh, this is so good. So it, there's a little family affair. Here's a, is this a fun fact or an unfun fact? Mm. Um, the drummer of this band was a woman named Lindsay, and she was the sister of Mackie from Blitz. Ah. So we've got two different family members on the No Future label. Love it. So that's pretty cool. Um, what I would say. Fun fact. Okay, Good. <laughs> good. It doesn't make it into the Ben category. Um, <laughs> I would say that this is very brilliant, but basic punk. Like it's UK two and a little bit oi. Um, the lyrics are very rudimentary. Like if you look at, at the start of hip hop, right. You know, the lyrics are p- kind of basic it's very nursery rhymey basic and you know and as the genre developed that happens i would say these lyrics are, are, are what would be like the equivalent of like early hip-hop for early punk um but they're they're still very catchy and very great uh the song um 
Uh, oh God, I'm sorry. I've just dropped my notes, but the, the title track has the bookends of the way the guitar is like at the beginning and the build into the song. And then the guitar, uh, that plays over and does like somewhat of an octave part on the way out. It's so good. It's like, it's what feeds my soul. That kind of sound of UK punk from this era is perfect. The vocalist uh, is great. Like his voice is awesome. It's so this generation of world of world. Like you can just sing along. You can imagine like them playing some room with like just people just stomping around in boots and leather jackets like crazy. Um, the song Hell is uh, an ACAB anthem. It's uh, all about the boys in blue making your life hell. Um, and it's so catchy and sing-alongy. And then um, the the final song is not as good as the other two, but it it's still it's still fucking absolutely immense. This is a really great uh, one of the more hidden. Um, seven inches on the label i would say compared to a lot of the other output of this fucking god tier level uh record label Uh, this um some of the attack songs have shown up on oi comps in the past too that you may be familiar with but this is just a, a an amazing early punk brilliant uh record as far as i'm concerned yeah if you love blitz you're going to like this. Absolutely. Um, but it, but if you don't like blitz, I don't think you're going to like this. This is like, w- this is a step below blitz. But like, if you love blitz and you want more blitz because you know, their output wasn't enough and it's never enough. Uh, this is great. This is a great complimentary band to it. And a lot of it is very, very similar. Like uh, today's generation. It sounds so much like time bomb. You know what I mean? And then hell, it kind of sounds like youth. Yeah. And no escape is kind of their never surrender. You know what I mean? Like, but you know what? I want another time bomb. I want another youth. I want another never never surrender. And this is 41 years ago. So bands, write some shit that sounds like this, please. Um, I love it. It's like I just love the old sound of punk and hardcore so much. And you know, we've talked it to death on the pod. Like when these recordings are like the fifth member in the band, you know, I just love the sound and it's like, it cannot be replicated. So like, this is like straight up a finite resource, you know, shit is never going to sound like this again. So like when you can find these bands, um, it's sick. And really like anything this like pre 84, I'm like interested in, I think I was talking to you about that yesterday down on the phone. Like, you know, when people recommend me stuff, it's like, dude, check this band out from, you know, 2005, you know, it's like, nah, you know, I got so much shit I got to listen to, you know what I mean? Like from modern stuff. And then it's like, I have so much stuff that I like of music that I've acquired and listened to over the years. Um, you know, if something's not new, I'm generally not going to take the wreck unless like, you know, you name check some of my favorite bands of all time or, if it's like pre 1984, I generally will check like a song or two just cause like when you find these gems, it's so worth it. And, uh, this is great, Dan, this was like, 
this is everything I want in this segment. Um, like, you know, my favorite probably being like that exploited seven inch because I've only like listened to the exploited LPs and I enjoy them. Um, but like you choosing a single of that band, like that I hadn't heard before was so good. And like this, I felt like I listened to all the no future stuff, but like this didn't ring a bell and it was such a nice surprise. So shout out to Dan Sant, best dressed band on the pod for choosing a sick EP. Um, this is great. This is everything I want in this segment and uh, I totally dug this. Chris, what's your take? Yeah, kind of on the same lines, I wasn't too familiar with this band's work or history. Um, I was familiar with today's generation. Um, it, I can't place which comp it was, but I've certainly heard this on comps before. And um, I think maybe the reason I didn't dig more into this band probably is just because of the the quality of of other tracks on the comp probably made this like Zach said, you know, just a step below like the blitz tier. Um, but going back and listening to this is, you know, as the, it's own entity and listening to these three songs, I really dug it. it um, particularly today's generation, like, um, you know, the familiarity of it was, was cool to hear, but also just like how raw it is. Um, and then I, I like the other tracks a lot too. Um, so yeah, I don't have too much to add to this, but like Zach said, I, I appreciate this exercise and, and, you know, putting a spotlight it and give me an opportunity and a reason to, to go revisit it and, and really listen to it. Cause it's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Dan, final thoughts on the episode. Um, what a strong episode of new music. Like I know we generally want to talk about things that we ride for, but a lot of this stuff I didn't know going into it and God, so good. And then instant gel into the album of the year conversation for me. Um, so, you know, it's up there it's competing against the Zulu and um, what else is it is uh, swimming around that combo speed plans all day oh yeah that. wreckage yeah yes that wreckage lp but i gel and home zulu front. were in the lead for me oh the home front is really good but um i don't know i'm gonna spend more time with this gel oh yeah chris final thoughts on the episode um when we had the list of uh stuff we were gonna cover it was a little bit overwhelming like seeing all the stuff listed out, you know, I was like, wow, that's a lot to get through. That's a lot of homework to do. But like, as I dug into it and listened to it more, like um, it really didn't seem like a lot, like, it, like everything on here was so sick that it was, uh, I don't know, a labor of love. Uh, so I don't know that, I guess that's just interesting itself, like seeing it on paper and being like, wow, that's a lot of stuff to cover. Like, and then, digging into it and being like, no, this is all like superb. So hell yeah. Hardcore rules in 2023. Is that what you're wearing? That's right. Yeah, dude. I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I've listened this, all this stuff like got on streaming and we had it for a few weeks. Like generally when we talk stuff on these episodes, you know, a couple of the records we have to like listen, we're listening to like the advances on st- SoundCloud or someone sent us the MP3s or something. 
all this stuff has been on streaming for like a couple weeks at least. And so it's pretty sick. I've just had it all like on shuffle, like anytime I've kind of listened to music, you know, out on a bike ride or something. And dude, it's been like pretty much no skippers. Like this is a good batch of records and uh pretty stoked. Although God damn the list is long. When I like sat down to do my notes, I was like, the fuck did I get myself into? But uh, like Chris said, hardcore rules. And I just, I love this shit. So everyone check it out. Dan, where can the people find you? On Instagram, at Southport Instagrammer. And um, strolling the streets of Oakland with Reggie. And also every third Friday at the Whistle Stop in San Diego, doing fucking in the bushes. Show up and boogie people. What's up? That's right. And every first Saturday at the Cat Club in San Francisco doing Leisure, which is another Britpop night. Handle business, people. Chris, where, where can the people find you? Chris Williams 51 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, NWHC Radio on both of those. I haven't done an episode in a while, but I got a new one in the works, so hopefully we can. Things have just been a little bit crazy on my end with work, but it's still a thing I'm doing. <laughs> eventually hell yeah all right everyone get at me 185 miles south at gmail.com that is the best way i respond to everyone also 185 miles south on instagram and twitter you can get at me in the dms it gets a little wonky sometimes no guarantees also my personal is zach retaliate and you know retaliate is the best on instagram and in life on vinyl live you know what's up Everyone, we love you all. We'll talk to you next Monday on Patreon.